Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have Nana Malone. Yes. Uh, Nana is a amazing romance author. Uh, we talk about kind of her process and her journey. Uh, we talk about writing as an author of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, she has this great Instagram audience and she does Instagram lives every week. We talk about those. Mm-hmm. So it was a fun interview and, and a really important interview, I think. Yeah. Yeah. She has some really great ways to support authors of color mm-hmm. and things that anyone can do. Anybody can yes. participate in. Yes. So yeah, it was really good. And oh, we also talk about covers. Yes, and we do. I love yeah. talking about covers, any kind yeah. of covers. I'm a sucker yep, for that. Too. So mm-hmm. we do that. So it was yeah. really good. So it's a fun interview. Yeah. So what's been going on with you? Well, this week I have been uploading audiobooks to sell direct through BookFunnel. And wow. It's a couple. And it's taking it to, so this is something that I would love to hand off, but I want to do it myself first. So I understand how to do yeah. it. Yeah. So it took me all day, but I got four or five of them up. And mm-hmm. one tip I learned um, I was listening to Damon Courtney on book mm-hmm. funnel, about Book Funnel on the, I think it was the Six Figure Author Podcast. Mm-hmm. And he said that you can bundle your, you can bundle things on Book Funnel. Uh-huh. And just have them delivered as a bundle. So, like one thing that was slowing me down was like, oh, I needed to cover for the books one through three, yeah. and four mm-hmm. through six. And he said, you just when you set up the delivery action, you just choose however many books you want to put in there mm-hmm. or audiobooks. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I can do that. So yeah, that, that's great. I thought that was a great tip. So you can do yeah. that with audio or ebooks. Right. So I've been right. loading those up so I can um, kind of test how that's going. I'm going to do a bundle of books one to three of the historical series and price it at about I think $25 which would be mm-hmm. about 30% off of mm, my wow. direct mm-hmm. sales price because right, they get right. cheaper if they buy mm-hmm. it from me right so, so I'm testing it to see if that works oh you'll have to let us know yeah yeah so I'm working on that and then I got my edits back for the historical yes haven't, haven't even touched them don't but, blame me <laughs> but, but the editor liked them so that makes me feel better that's good that's good <laughs> That's great. So it's been, been work week, you know. Yes. And I started on the mystery. Well, I didn't start on it. The Mystery Reader's Journal. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's a lot of fun. So right. that's something, a totally new project. And it'll come out in 2022. That's something you've wanted to do for a while. Yeah. So I think it'll look really cool. That's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. So what about you? What are you doing? Uh, just more of the same, you know, more of the same working on this book. I'm going to start the edit, you know, my edits. And um, then, but what I really want to talk about is in the Wish I'd Known Them for Writers podcast, I mean, Facebook group, um, we're going to do a Zoom call. So if you're not a member of the group, get become a member of the group. And then we're going to do a Zoom call the uh, 27th of April uh, at 7 p.m. So I know that leaves out 7 p.m. Central Time or Central. Yeah daylight time, Texas yeah. time, you know, <laughs> and, um, but I know that leaves out people in the UK and, and some other places, but 
if you have questions, submit them to us. We will answer them and then we'll have the recording live after the fact. So yeah, we'll um, have it in the, we'll post it in the group. Mm -hmm. So you can yeah, go we'll put the group in read. And then, yeah. you know, if, if people are interested and they like it, then we could do another one a different time yeah. earlier in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So we yeah. can do that like maybe during the summer or something. Right. Right. So we're, I'm excited about that. I also did a thing this week in the Facebook group. Um, I gave away an hour of, um, an hour of coaching. Yes, y'all. I don't know what's wrong with my brain. Um, <laughs> an hour of coaching. Uh, and so that was, that's fun. And uh, I'll do that. I picked the winner and she and I are going to get together the first week of May. So yeah, awesome. that was really fun. So anyway, that can all be found in the Wish I'd Known Them for Writers Facebook group. So yes, that's what's going on here. Yeah. yeah. So we should get to Nana's interview. Yes, we should. All right, here we go. All right, today we are super excited to have Nana Malone with us today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you guys so much for having me. Oh, we're oh. so excited you're here. Yeah, I'm we so are. happy. I'm, I'm excited. To... I'm ready. Let's, let's yes. get down we to have, it. We have lots of good questions. So well, let me let's... read your bio real quick. Yeah. Okay. Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author Nana Malone writes sexy, feel-good romance and loves all things romance and adventure. That love started with a tattered romantic suspense that she borrowed from her cousin. It was a sultry summer afternoon in Ghana, and Nana was a precocious 13. She's been in love with kick-butt heroines ever since, and her overact or with her overactive imagination and channeling her inner Buffy, it was only a matter of time before she started creating her own characters. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so how did you get into writing? Um, it was, you know, it's funny. Uh way back when in the Paleolithic era of romance, <laughs> um, I, a little book called Bridget Jones's Diary, the summer that it came out. Um, and it was the hot ticket. And at the time I was working this God awful PR job in uh, New York city and um, everybody on the train was reading it on the bus was reading. It. I couldn't get away from this book. And so one afternoon I, you know, I hoofed it from my office on over to member borders, rest mm -hmm. in peace. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and um and I grabbed one off of the front of, you know, like they have the front stacker in the bookstore mm -hmm. and I picked one up and I, you know, I was reading it all the way home. And I, it really occurred to me that I connected with this like white British lady, <laughs> um, but it sounded like me. It sounded like how my friends and I talked. It sounded exactly like me. It was funny. It was self-deprecating. And I was like, I can do this. It, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it was really my first connection to voice. Now mm -hmm. I've been reading forever and loved romance and loved like, you know, at the time what was Chiclet and I loved it all, but I never really connected with writing my own stories. So like mm -hmm. I was just that, you know, girl with five books in her back backpack, you know, in case yeah. I finished one, God forbid. I would <laughs> yes. You'd be without. Always, yeah. Always exactly. be yeah. fair, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. And so, um, but it was the first time I connected to like, a story in terms of the voice and was like, that sounds like me. Um, and so as soon as I finished that book, I dragged out a laptop and started tapping away at a story. I didn't know anything about conflict, motivation, mm -hmm. or goal. I knew nothing. Yeah. I knew nothing of nothing. Not even a <laughs> yeah. but Me um, either. Me either. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so, yeah. and that's how I started. Um, yeah. But that, that one little book granted. And then it took me eight years to finish that first book, um, mm -hmm. which was, 
I mean, eight years is a long time, but I mean, I went to grad school, you know, yeah. got married and all that good stuff um, and left that PR job, thank God. But uh, yeah, so I finished that first book and um, a very, very dear friend uh, and mentor of mine, especially in the early days, she looked at me and she's like, this is great. So, so amazing. I'm so proud of you. Um, now write another one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the next one took six months. The next one took mm-hmm. considerably last three months, not even, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I've gotten faster since then. So yeah, that's how it started. How many, uh, do, how many books do you put out? I mean, like a year, a year, um, you know, um, my publicist, if she's listening, will be like, say six, <laughs> but usually it's 10. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Nine wow. To 10. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And I, no, it's not that. So, don't do that. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> should do that. That's a crazy thing. Cause like, I'm always like, I have this idea and I'm like, oh yeah, let's just do it. And instead of like moving something off the plate, right. I just add, add it to, so yeah. Yeah. I need to get better about not doing that. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, so nine to 10, but, um, I, you know, I think next year really, I keep saying, I say this every year, so I'm probably lying, but I'm going to decrease the number. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we'll have yeah. you back next year and see if that oh, works. Oh, no. You're going to call me on it. Oh. Hold you accountable. Oh, yes. No, that's perfect. Hold me accountable. I love it. That's funny. Well, so did you start writing in romance? Was that what you started with and what you stayed with? Yes. Yes. Um, I just believe that all books are better with kissing. Really? (laughs) It's just, I just, I need kissing. I mean, the thing is I read um, everything and I have like a real soft spot for mystery thrillers. I was um, the only nine-year-old with her own Agatha Christie complete collection. You know, like the big tome. Yes. And yes, the you're my kind of girl print with a really thin vellum like paper. Yes, yes. Um, I had that book and I was like in it, you know, and I was like, yeah. So I so, so I tend to um be happiest when I'm including some kind of like adventure or yeah. suspense element. Yeah. Like I'll be like, yeah, seems like a rom-com. And then there's a kidnapping. Yeah. I remember you saying that we went yeah, to a retreat just, last I'm year like, together. Like, she said that and I just cracked up. Yeah. I mean, funny. I can't, it's like, I can't help it. I'm like, mm-hmm. but wouldn't this be better if there was a shooting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I feel like this would be so much better if someone just got like mugged. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, but yeah, I need, I, when I'm writing, I need the kissing. I need, like, I need, cause like, you know, there's nothing worse than when you watch a movie mm-hmm. and like, there's a hot dude and there's a hot girl and like, you can feel the tension and then they just don't go there. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the worst. It's the worst. I hate it. Yep. I hate it. Oh, I don't God. hate books without kissing. I just don't enjoy them as much. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's your favorite. That's, yeah. That's the key. I like kissing. Mm-hmm. What's your definition of success and has it changed over time? Um, uh, you know, I think it's definitely changed. I mean, in the early days, you know, my definition of success was like have a book out, you know, like mm-hmm. release you know, like I would, I mean, I, I was a former project manager, so I love setting goals. So I'm like, oh, release three books this year, you yeah. know, and earn a certain income level. Right. And, but then I was like, oh, but that was easy. Like, not easy, <laughs> but like but I, I managed it um, and I didn't die. So then I would like <laughs> keep upping the ante um, for anyone who's done strengths, strengths finders. Um, yes. I'm an Less achiever, strength. number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. achievers like to move a bar. <laughs> Yeah. We're like, that was cute. 
now I'm going to climb Everest. Um, (laughs) So for me, I mean, these days success, like I feel most accomplished, like there's, there's, you know, there's always like a monetary number. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I've always said, I was like, listen, I just want to be successful enough to like send my kid wherever she wants to go to college Mm -hmm. and write a check. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause I, I had a boatload of student loans that I only paid off like five years ago. Right. Um, And I just want to be that successful just so I can like be like, start your life free and clear, like, Mm -hmm. and have some fun, you know? Um, And, but like, I think for me, I I think the the bar for success has changed in that I want to be happy with what I write, like, Mm -hmm. like genuinely happy. Cause I, I, you know, I've taken trad deals and where I've been like, not enthusiastic about the project. And I'm just like, well, this is, it seems like a good idea or, oh, I'll, I'll maybe get more readers this way or um, for all the various things or things that you think you're going to get out of it. And I've just been miserable, like Mm -hmm. in the process and I am too old and too tired to (laughs) continue to do that. So I think the older I get and the more I do this, I mean, I think that I, I want to be really happy with what I'm writing and like really yeah. enjoying the adventure because when I'm in it, like there are moments, like I'll like excitedly run out of my office and be like, okay. And then this happened. And yeah. then and, like the dog is like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and my daughter, like, my daughter, she, she loves to write and she's a huge reader. And so then she'll be like, oh, mommy, you know what you should do next. Mm-hmm. And the babysitter did it. And I'm like, oh, that's an mm-hmm. excellent idea. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so like, I want to feel that excitement level Mm -hmm. about what I'm writing. Um, And I, you know, at this point I've written enough books that I can be like, yeah, I should be excited because I can, I Mm -hmm. can tell the difference. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the readers can't, but I can tell the difference between the things that I was so excited to write Mm -hmm. and the things that I was meh about writing. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I can feel that. So I'd rather be excited and happy because what's the point? Yeah, it's so much easier to be motivated and Mm -hmm. go to work. I mean- yeah. I'm never motivated for edits. Let's be real. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that's really funny. My kids, I write mystery and my kids, my, uh, they'll text me articles. They'll send oh, me a yes. link and be like, Hey, five places where dead bodies have been found, mom, that you might could use this. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Isn't that the best though? Like Sierra Simone, she's a dear friend and she always, um, she'll always send me heist articles oh yeah yeah and she's like she's like oh did you see this heist thing and I was like no but thank you yeah she's like this feels like it should be in one of your books and I'm like "Uh uh-huh yeah sure it's going in (laughs) going in yeah exactly exactly what do you wish you'd known about writing and craft when you started oh my god when I started I wish I'd known about conflict motivation and goal that would have saved me like at least three years yes (laughs) I mean, because I, I, I knew nothing. I was the pure definition of a pantser. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's someone who doesn't plot mm-hmm. or do, you know, really know where their story is going. They just have an idea and they kind of start. Um, and I, I really wish I'd understood um, the constructs of how a story works because I implicitly understood because I'd read so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and even now I'm a very instinctive writer. So even with my outline and whatever, I can feel, I can feel it in my bones when I've gone wrong. Mm-hmm. I can feel it, which is great because I can usually stop and go, stop it. Mm-hmm. Let's course correct. I don't go back 
and try and start yeah. at the beginning. I just act as if I've made the changes. And yes, I do too. That, that's yeah. what I do. Yeah. And then make a note, you know, in my mm-hmm. giant editing notebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I can keep moving, but, uh, it's, I can feel it. And so I think in the early days, I would have really liked to tap into that feeling. Yeah. It would have just, I would have started my career earlier. Mm-hmm. I think like mm-hmm. properly. I mean, yeah. Cause I mean, the number of times I stopped because I didn't know what to do or where to go. Right. Um, and you know, I finally, I, you know, I learned about RWA and I took mm-hmm. a million and one workshops that were so just invaluable. Mm-hmm. And I met great mentors along the way. Uh, Misty Evans, she was the one who was like super cute. Now mm-hmm. right another one. Right another. Um, I will never, never forget. Like the, I mean, the time she took to read like a raw unedited mm-hmm. <laughs> got off a book. Like, God bless her, man. <laughs> Misty. I mean, actually, I think I owe her a call this week. Um, and she's been a great friend over the years. But like, she read that book. And she's like, she's like, you have a thing. And I was like, I don't know what you mean. She's like, it's a thing. I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> but um, just her encouraging me and just, just, you know, really pushing. Like, there's a lot in there. But yeah, I would have just really liked to just have had a clue. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, a- I sit. Oh, go ahead, Sarah. Oh, I was just gonna ask, are you more of a plotter now or are you still kind oh, of yeah. combo yeah I'm a I'm a I've been a hard plotter um the my first book that I sold the second one that I wrote game set match that was a, like I went like full plot like it was like I had like a 50 page outline oh wow and the book was mostly like I was like oh it's here but the problem was in those edits because the way my brain I'm an achiever so my brain is like but that's done now that we're yeah. done yeah. Why are why, we doing why, this? Why take all the time to write it down, right? Yeah. Um, and so I've had to like modify. So what I do is I I usually do like a bullet outline. Mm-hmm. Like I'll like depending on what the book is or length of the book, I know about how many chapters that is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so then and I know about, you know, you know about where like love scenes are gonna fall in. Yeah. So you like and like I'll plug and play. And like, just, and then I'm like, okay, so, and especially if I have a scene in my head and I know about to where it goes, then Mm -hmm. I'll start plugging in the scenes after that. Because if you have like, if you know, if it's a huge action scene or a huge revelation scene, there's a reaction to that revelation. What's that reaction? And then I'll like, I'll fill in the, I'll just like go on either side. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I don't know. um, And then I'll let it ruminate and just think about Mm -hmm. it and then come back and fill in. Um, but that's really it for the outline. I don't do something crazy. Like, like, and I dictate to write. So I have, um, so sometimes I forget character names. Um, I forget, like I'll forget locations, but it doesn't matter because I'm getting the words down. Right. Right. I can fix anything. Mm -hmm. So, um, I really, it's like a light plot and then it allows me to go. That's not working. Mm -hmm. and so once my brain is like no uh uh-uh no Mm -hmm. then I can like I can stop and fix whatever it is yeah make the note and keep going and sometimes Mm -hmm. that's a whole new outline yeah (laughs) which has happened several times (laughs) not often but enough that it's like oh god um (laughs) but I am definitely a plotter but there's like I I won't I've done it where I didn't let my brain get carried away. Like I didn't. And I read in the book, I remember reading it and my editor being like, ah, I mean, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I replotted it and rewrote the whole thing and like, let the character do what he wanted. Right. Um, and it was a hundred percent better. 
uh, by miles. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, I think so like since then I was like, don't do that again. Yes. So if like, I, I feel something coming on, I will act as if and carry mm-hmm. on that way. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I think that's good advice because, um, because I think a lot of newer authors have trouble finish getting past that first act, you know, yes. but it, I know for me, my first, first act was killer, but yes. then it was like the rest of it. I yes. hadn't, I couldn't get past that first part until oh, I yeah. got, oh, no. got involved with RWA and got involved yeah. with. It's yeah. so hard. Like, no, and the thing is people tell you how hard it is. Like they tell you, but yeah. like, it's usually people who don't know anything about writing. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I always encourage like newbies. I'm like, make friends with other writers mm-hmm. because they'll tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And the thing is it's different for everyone. I almost always know my beginning. Like I know how I wanted to start or like the concept, the hook, the whatever. And then I know the end. Like, I'm like, I know who the, like, you know, cause I'm trying, always trying to kill people. I'm like, I know who the bad guy is. Mm-hmm. I know why he's the bad guy. I usually, I can see the bad guy so much clearer. Um, mm-hmm. I know why I know what my twist is and I can't wait till like, I'm like, yeah. And then the twist is, but it's that like fun and games mm-hmm. that yeah. I'm like, oh, the montage. I oh. do that. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that because everybody goes, oh, the fun and games. That's the fun part. I'm like, it's not fun. It's not fun for me. (laughs) I'm like, um, so that's why, because that's usually along the way. Listen, I'll start with like a fun rom-com concept. I'm like, oh my God, this is so cute. As soon as we hit the first turning point, (laughs) guess who wants to shoot people? (laughs) The guns are coming out, huh? The guns are coming out. (laughs) Like, Cause I'm like, Ooh, I need something to drive this forward. Cause yeah. otherwise to me, it's like a, just like a, a fluffy loop. And like, it's like, and I love a good banter. I love a good banter, but like, can't they have banter and adventure? Mm-hmm. No, there I agree. Go. Yeah. There you go. Well, it's always hard. Yeah. Well, always. What about marketing? What do you wish you'd known about marketing? Oh God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everything. That's I mean, the most I, wish, answer, yes. <laughs> I wish I'd look marketing is not my strong suit. Um, it, it's never been, it isn't now. Um, I wish in the early days I'd been more aware of places that could have helped me do marketing better mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I could have learned more. I, I wish in the mm-hmm. early days and I wish now somebody would have like, and people do have like marketing courses, but like, I, I wish, you know, like Sky Warren does this great um, ads for authors. And I think she just opened it again. I was going to say it's open now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's got this great class. And what I love about Sky's class is that she's very matter of fact. And she's like, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. This is information. And this is data for you. Um, and this is how you can collect your own data. Like I wish someone else had like taken the other aspects of like, you know, like takeovers in the early days. Cause you know, takeovers yeah. like now we all are like, Oh no, not the takeover. Yeah. But like someone had sat me down and been like, do these things or reach mm-hmm. out to these people. Like if I'd had PR in the early days, Ooh, child, my life would have just been so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, and I think for newbies, I think a lot of them are like, oh yeah, this PR company took me, but it's not even so much having the PR. It's like looking, look around at what other people who have like a really great PR, mm-hmm. pay attention to what they're doing. Um, really look at your books as an event, like, mm-hmm. like really their events, but also um, I'm old school. So I believe that the best way to market <laughs> a book or yourself or your brand is to also write another book. And yes. so I see a lot of newbies, yeah. they write one and then they spend like a year trying to promote it. And like, yes, you, you have to promote the book. Mm-hmm. Like, but mm-hmm. I'd usually like after a month, I 
give up on the, oh, it's a new book. It's a new book. Yeah. Not give up, but like I'd get back to writing for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or be, be me and keep writing through the whole thing. Um, <laughs> but like, those are the kind of things that I wish I'd like really paid attention to or had someone be sit me down and be like, girl, listen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also like really, I think some authors do this really great thing where they create like these events around a release and I'm not good at that. And I watch them with such like green envy, like, oh, they're so good at that. But like, mm-hmm. I also just need to be better at taking notes and like incorporating those things in the, in my process. Right. But then also I just hired great PR. So I'm with Valentine's yes. PR and I'm like, guys, thanks. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> Nina is killer and her team is amazing. And yeah, they yeah. made my life a lot easier. I'm like, where were you 10 years ago? Right. Exactly. Been a lot better. Yeah. Well, and I think when you put out books faster, you yeah. don't have to have the big event uh-huh. as yeah, much. That's what I was going to say. Um, because, because I don't put out books faster. Every one of my releases f- feels like it's got to be a big stash. I have, yeah. to, you know, yeah. so I think I've also always said if I put books out faster, I'd spend a lot less on pretty much everything um, because, you know. No, yeah. I mean, yes, on some things, but more on others. Like, I yeah. mean. I, the thing is, it's what's interesting to me is like, I look over the course of my career and because I'm an achiever type, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very much Tiana. <laughs> like, I'm always like, dig a little deeper. Like, I'm like, oh, I'll just write more. Yeah. 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 That's, that's yeah. how you increase this. And I'm like, mm, the work smarter, not harder, which is one of like the things that I still have to like tell myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm diversify work smarter not harder like really um for newbies i think like don't uh, dismissive is the wrong word <laughs> you i'm a writer i should think of the right one but <laughs> dismissive is the wrong word but I, just for me i know that when people would be talking about things mm-hmm. i'm also learners in my top five so i'd be like super interested in learning but mm-hmm. then i would be like yeah 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 oh this is great and then i would set it aside because i'd be like i'm not ready for this yet yes yeah Whereas I think I needed more activator inside my brain because mm-hmm. um, my activator is way in the end. I'm, I'm number uh, one activator. So it, you can. Oh, okay. I start yeah, a lot so of like, things. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I could do this. And just even just a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think I remember when I heard people were doing like self-published um, translations, mm-hmm. my brain was like, oh yeah. So I was like, my learner was like, hey, what's this about? So I got a bunch of information, but then I didn't activate and do anything about it mm-hmm. yeah. I was like oh it's too expensive or it's I just I can't do that right now or like like my my achiever was like we're doing this mm-hmm. this book is due we're gonna write 10 books this year and that my brain was saying that which is great but maybe mm-hmm. my brain needed to say let's do eight books this year and learn about these translations and like yes incorporate them yeah so mm-hmm. I think that for someone like me not necessarily dismissive because I want to learn all the things but also like find a way to see if you can do what people are doing for that works for you. Yeah. Um, Cause it'll yeah. seem like when audio like was a thing and I was like, I want to be available everywhere in audio. I, I did when I finally got into audio, cause it took me a minute. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, audio, I want to do that. But to like kickstart me into doing it, I was like, ah. Oh. And so I had to, but I had to be smart about which ones I did because they're so expensive. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I would say like, yeah, for marketing kind of like definitely pay attention, write down things that like make sense to you mm-hmm. and then find a way, just like a three bullet plan. Like how would you do it? Because right. I think when you can like really engage with that, mm-hmm. um, your brain can be like, oh, it is possible. You don't have to necessarily right. wait. And mm-hmm. I wish I'd 
paid more attention to that in the early days. Right. And you can scale. Like if you are yes. newer and or or don't have an, a, a ton of money or yep. ton of time or whatever, yep. you can scale what's working for other people yes. to fit what you do. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I, think, yeah, I think a lot of people lose track, lose sight of that and then just get overwhelmed and say, well, I can't do yeah. it. You yeah, know? exactly. The overwhelm is real. Like, yes. yeah. Number one achiever. (laughs) I'm currently in my achiever basements. Um, And so uh, I, uh, the overwhelm is real. Like you just look at everything and you're just like, I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I've learned is like, like I wanted to do large print because Mr. Readers like large print. And I was like, you know, putting my whole catalog in large print was overwhelming. And all of a sudden I thought, you know, I could just do one series. I'll just make yeah. my best selling yeah. series and I'll do that one and we'll see how it goes, you know? Yeah. And so it's like learning to kind of maybe yeah. scale back a little bit. It's tempting to do it all. Oh yeah. Do everything. You want to do it all. Yeah. yeah. It's so exactly. tempting. And then you're like, <laughs> I mean, wait, what did I start here? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I do this all the time. I wish like, I wish current me could go to past me and be like, stop it. <laughs> Just stop. Yeah. <laughs> what assumptions did you make at the beginning of your writing career and looking back, did they turn out to be right or wrong? Um, I, I thought I'd be a millionaire off of oh, like, yeah. a book. Girl, <laughs> I, just, I mean, well, because, okay, so when I started, it was, you know, um, I started writing, like, what? Yeah, it was, like, right before September 11th was when mm-hmm. I started writing that first book. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to write this book and make millions of dollars. Listen, I was like, yes, it's going to be the best. Like, I mean, it's just, yeah, part of that is pie in the sky dreamer. But I really thought that, like, and and it happens for some people. Yes. I just, but I didn't have the more realistic view of when I got my first trad check. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and it was $57. Listen. I- <laughs> wait, wait a minute. This is not correct. I was like. We're missing some zeros. Y'all, where are my zeros? <laughs> yeah. I'd like to buy a zero or ten, five. Yeah, but five and six more. What the hell? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so they were like, I, I, I just didn't understand. I didn't know or understand anything about like really how to grow a career, mm-hmm. you know, pr- kind of properly. Yeah. Like, yes, part of that was the dream. Like, oh, you want to hit big on your first thing, which some, t- some people do like, mm-hmm. right. So that happens. But like, I didn't really have a good enough understanding of the market or this industry. I mean, I sold my first book. So I was like, yes, great. Um, but I sold to a smaller publisher and I was like, oh, little mm-hmm. money. I didn't understand enough about covers. Um, and so like, I just, there was, there are things that I was like, oh, but it's going to, it's going to be easy. And it, mm-hmm. it certainly was not. Um, mm-hmm. I thought I'd crank out that first book in like a year, eight mm-hmm. years later. I mean, I was still fiddling right. with it. Right. Um, right. And so, th- I mean, so there's a lot there, but I think that, you know, in terms of like what I, you know, the assumptions that I made, I thought that like, I don't know why I thought writers would make a lot of money because writer, writers are artists. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. Um, but, uh, that's what I really thought. And then I thought it would be easier to earn that money. That's what I tell people. There are, there are a lot easier ways to, to make money than, yes! so if, if that's why you're getting into this, which, you know, I did too. I mean, I, I wanted to make money and, yeah. um, but Anyone who says they don't want to make money is lying. Yeah, they're lying. Yeah. Like, I want to write awesome stories and, like, fun, just, like, really just, like, juicy goodness. Also, I want to make money. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, have you ever made a mistake that turned out to be a good thing? Oh my God. <laughs> All the time. Um, well, I mean, I, th- and I think the mistake is a matter of your perspective, right? Correct. Yeah. Because usually it ends up in a lesson learned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and, and you really kind of like go through that. I mean, sometimes I've made like not ideal narrator choices for books mm-hmm. or um, in the early days, my, one of my first audio books, Sexy and Stilettos, like I really wanted to hire this particular narrator and, and she'd been gr- so great on other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I listened to all the samples and I mm-hmm. really, really wanted her. And then like when she got to mine, she, it's like, it's like when you're, a director of a movie and you're trying to give someone a note, but like, Mm -hmm. and you've heard actors like tell these stories of like, they turned up to an audition and they put on 50 pounds or something like that. Cause they're like, so I thought that the character should be played like this. And the director's like, no. (laughs) And so they were booted or whatever. And so like, it was that kind of situation. I was like trying to give her director notes and I was like, but she's so good. Why can't she be good at this one? And, um, and I was like, and so I had to like, I had to eventually like release her and be like, it's not going to work. Yeah. And, um, and it turned out great. Cause I got Tracy Odom on that, on, on sexy and stilettos. And that, that audiobook's done great over the, yeah. over the last, Jesus, 10 years almost mm-hmm. now. Yeah. 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 Brief. yeah. No. So I mean, <laughs> so that's done great in the long run. So I'm glad, but you know, the thing is the mistakes, it's like, even if someone does great, like for narrators, someone can sound great for someone else, mm-hmm. but you don't know the work that that person had to go through to get mm-hmm. that person to be great. I've hired cover artists that other people like love and they, you know, do great work for other people. But then I turn up and it's like, not like the fabulous experience I thought it was going to mm-hmm. be. I mean, so like we all mm-hmm. make these kind of little flubs and mistakes. The key, right, yeah. and I, and that comes from, this comes from like the, my project management background is to recognize it early Right. Which mm-hmm. is super key and mm-hmm. pivot hard pivot quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And then the mistakes will just be learning experiences and they yeah. won't even feel like mistakes. That's um, good. Yeah. The, the hard That's part really is smart. a lot of people, you know, it's hard because in an industry primarily for women by women, mm-hmm. um, I think that we're often we're taught that it's not a business mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. and that it's about friendships and relationships, which it is, but it's also a business. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we need to be able to like extract ourselves from situations kindly, right. but still mm-hmm. extract ourselves. We, we aren't just going to, you know, we can't keep doing things where we're like, I don't really like this cover designer, but I'm going to keep using them mm-hmm. because oh, I'm afraid. So and I hear that a yeah. lot. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I don't really like this editor, but I'm just going to keep letting her edit my things. Cause I don't want to hurt her feelings. And I'm like, that is money. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, I mean, you're okay, playing yeah, with your so you're playing with your career at that. Point. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Because yeah. we're trying, like, we're trying to be nice. I was like, you can do it with kindness and be like, listen, I really appreciate our friendship. It's not work, but it's not working out for mm-hmm. us on mm-hmm. this level. And right. if someone like wants to hold that against you, they weren't actually your friend. And I think right. that's a hard yeah. thing to yeah. kind of digest. Right. Yeah. 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 I think working with freelancers is very stressful. Um, It's like, that's, uh, it's not something that I don't know if you're ever, ever trained for that. And like a lot of this, we come to as writers and creatives and then we're like, Oh, now we have to almost like manage. You have your project management background. So that would be helpful. I would think. Yeah. No, it comes in handy. 
Yeah. yeah, it comes in handy. I mean, I so, like I understand how to manage teens and how to manage people. Usually, like mm-hmm. what their core motivations are, um, mm-hmm. which helps a lot. Um, but freelancers are a whole different kettle of fish because most people, I was like, well, you you have to work with me. You work here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, like, so. You can quit. But yeah. I'm totally not quitting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna have to learn to work together. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. But like freelancers are different because I don't, which makes me insane because I don't control them. Right. I'm like, you know, it's like the thing is, things happen. Like we, we have yeah. we all have kids. We some of us are still working our regular day jobs. Mm-hmm. Some people are yeah. still, you know, you everyone's got their own different situations. Um, but like the key is one of the hard things I think, especially for newbies, is professionalism, 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 mm-hmm. and. Yeah. Like you should be professional and you should be working with people who treat you professionally back. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you form a friendship on top of that, excellent. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be, be friendly, be friends, but, but right. this is a business. Yeah. Is yeah. My piece of yeah. advice. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. Really You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. But what about the opposite? Have you ever had what you thought was like this wonderful, brilliant idea? And then it turned out to be not so great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want it by book, by series, <laughs> by cover? Alphabetical. You got to be more specific. No. Just whatever came to mind first. Oh my God. I mean, okay, this. listen. Everybody, like, everyone at least once in their career gets on that, like, oh, this is the hot trend. <laughs> listen, I will say, like, understand like whatever hot trend it is I, I don't personally do this because once I settled in and was like oh I should just be doing my own thing um everyone's gonna have that thing where they're like I see this everywhere I should do it if you're gonna do that mm-hmm. you need to really understand what the cornerstones are of whatever hot trope it is whatever right. hot genre it is you must understand those cornerstones mm-hmm. I will give you an example y'all remember when stepbrother was hot Yep. That was the thing. Stepbrother, stepbrother everywhere. And I was like, and in my brain was like, ah, but I, I, oh, I was like, I was like twitching all the time. I was like, what is this? And then I was like, no, but it's super hot. And so in my head, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to do stepbrother, but I'm going to make a twist. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) to this day, I look at this particular book. Now the book turned out, the book still turned out great, Mm -hmm. but it didn't hit any of the cornerstones. Mm-hmm. And I was confused at the time because I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the book was come home again uh, as everyone's like, Ooh, let's go, let's go do this. Listen, if you love stepbrother, this isn't that. Yeah. <laughs> I messed it up bad. Listen, I, okay. So instead of stepbrother, um, I know we have a lot of questions, so I'm going to keep it brief, but like, instead of stepbrother, I was like, okay, so I'm going to make him her foster brother. Yeah. And then instead of that like hot angsty moment in time where it's like they do live under the same roof. Oh no, no. I had him be like, for reasons had to like, like, like I got to leave the family to protect them. So he left and they don't Uh see each other again for like 10 years when she has to help him become CEO of a company or whatever. (laughs) And I was like, I completely neutered my stepbrother. (laughs) I, and I was like, no, 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 it's great. Stepbrother there. He's her foster brother. Mm-hmm. So hot. No, yeah. no. not the same. It's but not the book still did well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did 
fine. Yeah, no, I think actually at the time it's great. Like I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, oh, this is amazing. But over the course of time, I look back at that particular book and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I didn't really understand. <laughs> oh. I hate it when my hero's neutered. I just yes, hate I just, it. I, oh, I just, <laughs> and, and the thing is like, normally when I'm doing in my lane and I'm doing what I should be doing. I I can feel it. I, and I know when I, yeah. I've missed the mark, I can tell. Right. And yeah. so, you know, and I'm like <laughs> my editor, Angie Ramey, she's amazing. And uh, we've done like 30 books together now. Um, and she's always like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> she, she's always like, what happened here? Um, and so I can feel it, but I was trying to do something that wasn't in my lane that I was like, yes. oh, it's on trend. I'm going to do it too. No, I was not on trend. And listen. you weren't completely comfortable. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. completely comfortable. It, yes, I wasn't yes. like, yes, it's hot. This, It's like me right now trying to write BDSM like that. Yeah. that no, that's not yeah. a, I should not be doing that. Right. I right. should be, I should be like, you want BDSM? done well, go read Sierra Simone. Like I should, I was like, I say, should yeah. just, not just like, Oh, but let me jump in on that. No, yeah, no. Yeah, you need to understand yes. what you do well. Not, not to say you can't learn. If you're super interested in something, you can definitely learn, but understand right. the cornerstones and like really how it's <laughs> right. working. Reader <laughs> expectation, genre expectations, yeah. you know, yeah. subgenre expectations. Yes. Yeah. And it's so like, I told my, it's like I tell my daughter, you can break a rule, but only when you understand the mm-hmm. rule, like yeah. really know it well, and then you can break it right. um, and like make a twist on it. But if you don't understand it well, mm-hmm. yeah, you just miss. Yeah. You're just going to miss the mark. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, um, we have some specific questions for you and yes. you do an Instagram live weekly. Yes, that's correct. And can you tell us like why you decided to start doing that? And is there anything you wish you'd known about doing things like that on a regular uh, basis oh besides god. not using instagram i saw your thing yesterday <laughs> yes oh my god no instagram just logged me out yesterday it was a wild i was oh, like no. i was having my chat and then like it just went yeah. off and i was like because i was saying something important too i was like yes yeah. you were on a roll yeah <laughs> i was on a roll and i was like no okay so i mean so for me i i have been doing talk to me like a, a weekly sort of thing, trying mm. to like, you know, just touch point my, my readers. And I think I'd struggled for a while because social media was not like, I'm an old lady. I don't look old, but I'm like, I'm about to be 44. And I just, most of social media like started after I was a grown ass adult. And mm-hmm. so like, so like as a grown adult, I'm like, a lot of this doesn't apply. I, I, how yeah. do I do this? Yeah. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to really realize and people were like, Oh, talk to your readers. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Explain to me. Like I'm five, please. <laughs> um, and so I was really trying to find a way to connect. And then I realized that I did well on video and people really responded to my video presence. Cause people were mm-hmm. like, it feels like you're in our living room, just talking to us. And I was like, mm-hmm. I can do this. Yes. And so I tried it in my Facebook group and not as successful. Um, and so, and I was like, oh, and so I tried, I started really doing it on Instagram and I was like, if I can do one thing. And mm-hmm. so what's easier for me was to really film them ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they were fine, but then what really started to kick like real engagement was when I started, I moved them to live because mm-hmm. I remember I had done one video and it took forever to load. Mm-hmm. Like it took all day to load mm-hmm. the video. I think it loaded at like 11 PM. Cause I talked yeah. for like 30 minutes or something like that. And it was just mm-hmm. too big. And Instagram was like, ah, it's too big. 
Um, and so I went live and that really kind of like kicked off this engagement with the audience. And I was like, Oh, yes. Oh, this, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is really what, it, what people meant. Um, and so, I mean, and mostly, I mean, I talked about, I mean, I talked about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's Henry Cavill's thighs. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like that is worthy of conversation. Sometimes and it's not like, talked about enough. Right. And sometimes about <laughs> Michael B. Jordan and how he needs to be my Alexa. I was trying to turn Michael B. Jordan into Alexa for a solid week. And my husband was like, I will throw away that Alexa. <laughs> um, but usually, especially since last summer, it's really about, you know, kind of very topical in terms of like, because mm-hmm. last summer, what I said, I was like, we have to change as, you know, as a people, as an industry. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of what I, I, I cover is social justice stuff, mm-hmm. but like not really from like, look, I would never have have ever deemed myself an activist or, Mm -hmm. you know, someone really in the trenches. There are people who do a lot of the activism work so much better than I do. Mm -hmm. But what I could do was have some, like, one of the things people are always like, they're like, wow, you're direct. And I'm like, I could have some straight talk Mm -hmm. um, with people. I was like, people can take it or leave it. Um, It's invited some commentary sometimes, but Mm as it it were. Um, And, you know, sometimes I keep it light. Um, but usually it's like, hey, these things have been talking about changing and doing mm-hmm. and, you know, moving past. We're still doing these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, you know, having real conversations about, you know, sometimes the difficulties that I myself personally, but like women of color have faced mm-hmm. in the industry, like mm-hmm. in our romance industry. Um, so I talk about it. And, and you know, it's weird because the internet keeps providing topics. It's so yeah. bizarre. <laughs> you would I don't think know if it's the internet People, yeah, exactly. And sometimes well, it's like things that happen in Romancelandia. That's like, yeah. guys, for yeah. real. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought we were. I thought we were mm-hmm. at least on the road to fixing this, right? and we've gone back to the beginning. Yeah, gone back to the beginning. I mean, yeah. and sometimes it's like plagiarism scandals or mm-hmm. bullying or whatever. So, like, mm-hmm. it just became like a Thursday talk show. Yeah, <laughs> and and so I wanted to talk to um, you about this, but we talked about it before. Um, we got on because especially with social justice and racism and how, and how racism kind of rears its ugly head mm-hmm. in the author uh, community and stuff. I truly believe that the onus to doing the work and figuring that out is on me as a white woman, mm-hmm. but, and I, I should not have to go to my black friends and say, explain this to me, you know, yeah. but you have, you kind of set yourself up for that. So I'd yeah. like, I'd like you to, Kind of, talk, you said something yesterday that I just love so much about how um, your non-melanin sisters should yeah. uh, shield. Yes, you know your our black and brown sisters who are taking the arrows yeah. in some of yeah. these things. Can you just kind of explain like what you mean by that? Oh, sure, how, sure. How we I mean, can do better? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And 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 listen, the the like yes, uh, the onus like. Brown people didn't start racism. We were minding our happy brown business. Um, mm-hmm. And so the onus is on our non-melanated peeps to fix it. Um, but one of the things that happens, I think, especially in the area of like romance and authorship, et cetera, et cetera, but, but everywhere really, mm-hmm. is that when black and brown people speak up, mm-hmm. we are gaslighted. I mean, mm-hmm. gaslit, whatever the past mm-hmm. tense of that is, yeah. but like you're making it up you're making too much of it. Um, you're lying. 
That's not what happened. And, or people attack us and say, well, you're attacking me. You're so aggressive. You're bullying me. Oh, gosh, Lord. Non-melanated women love the bullying one. Um, uh, <laughs> P.S. Melanated pe- peeps love that one, too. Because we've all, listen, as a society, we've all been indoctrinated. We all live in a white supremacist society. We, we really do. Um, and so if you have people in your life who are black and brown and you love those people and you care about those people, it is your job. It is your new mission statement to protect them with your bodies and your privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, because when they speak up, as they have been for 400 years, mm-hmm. when they speak up, people tell them that they're lying or that right. they're being aggressive. And sometimes their lives are in danger for mm-hmm. speaking the truth. Right. Um, and this has happened a lot. Like when someone says, when someone who's black or brown says, hey, this thing is, that's not okay. Right. Like that's not, no, mm-hmm. they immediately get attacked because non-melanated folks love to turn up and be like, you're a bully because I said something was wrong. Mm-hmm. How is that bullying? Right. Um, and, and what happens is like, you start seeing the us, them statements. And mm-hmm. this is from people who consider themselves like really woke. And I'm like, did you just us, us and them? This, yeah. this stuff? Like, what, yes. what just happened here? Yeah. Um, and so it's really about, I mean, and I've, you know, I've had a million situations where it's like, I'm, I'm very direct. And so people will be like, well, I don't like how you said that and the messaging. And I'm like, well, here's the thing. I'm direct. I'm not yelling. I'm just merely being like, what you just said doesn't work. And here's why. Yeah. What that, but me, just the act of me verbalizing that yeah. I'm uppity. I think I'm better than people. I'm attacking someone. You're, you're aggressive. I'm aggressive. Ooh, Mad. They yeah. Uh, yeah, they loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so, but, and then like, I'll have my white friends who are right there who are like, oh no, stop it. Let's, let's just, you know, but it's like, mm-hmm. no, you needed mm-hmm. to physically plant your body in front of mine and be like, no, here's why you're wrong. Right. P.S. I shouldn't have been the one to be like, hey, that thing isn't right. Right. My non-melanated sister who also saw that thing not being right and was like, oh, but uh, is it like, in the in particular the case that we were talking about yesterday, um, like there's some people who were like, oh, it just feels like a dog pile. And I'm like, no, Mm-mm. wrong Mm-mm. answer. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the thing is when public figures put themselves out there and they say problematic stuff, mm-hmm. they, yeah. they don't have friends mm-hmm. who can, who are like, Hey girl, your whole behind is flapping in the wind. Mm-hmm. Or they're not listening, right? And yeah. so you need, like, someone has to say it. The problem is yes. when black and brown women say it, they catch flack. And so, and like, what will happen a lot of times is then people are like, oh, so and so. And then the messages and the hate and our mental health is at risk. Yes. All yes. because we're like, this isn't okay. Yeah. And black women, especially, like, we are at the bottom of the totem pole. And so mm-hmm. every time a black woman speaks, I mean, look. The icon of all icons, Miss Shonda Rhimes, like she ran ABC for years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like mm-hmm. she just owned that network. Every Thursday night, you mm-hmm. turned up and it was Shonda Rhimes, like mm-hmm. three hours, and you're like, I'm here, I'm locked yeah. in. Where's my popcorn and my massive bowl of wine? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and, and, you know, and everyone was enamored with her. Hell, they still are. Thank mm-hmm. you, Bridgerton. Um, she's amazing. She's mm-hmm. so brilliant. Mm-hmm. She went to Dartmouth. Yeah. Yeah. She's, 
amazingly brilliant. And an article, I will never forget this article that was meant to be touting her and meant to be like singing her praises was like, this right. is why Sean Rhymes is running the world. And then they called her an angry black woman Ugh. in the article, but yeah. they, they said it like they were trying, it was trying to be a joke. Yeah. Like tongue yeah. in cheek. And I was like, we cannot just cause harm willy nilly Mm-mm. and then be confused when people are like, you caused harm. People need to learn the art of an apology because mm-hmm. what happens when people cause harm is that they're like, I'm sorry if you felt yes. this way. Yes. I'm sorry, but. But, yeah. <laughs> why are we adding but? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry you took you it apologize. the wrong way. Yeah. I'm, I am yeah. sorry. Close your mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did not intend to hurt you, mm-hmm. but I understand that my actions caused pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will work on how to fix this for you. Right. Yeah. Right. Stop talking. Yep. That's it. And because remember, the other person is not obligated to accept your apology. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They're not. This is something I have to explain to my daughter all the time. And I loved it once. I mean, she had a really horrible bullying situation at um when at her old school. And, you know, one day this kid who had physically assaulted her, you know, like the teachers mm. of the school were like, oh, just say sorry. And, mm. and he did. <laughs> and she was like, I don't accept. And I have never been more proud. No. As a parent. Uh, that's and awesome. She was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, heck yeah. It's mm-hmm. my baby. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was like, she doesn't have to accept. Mm-hmm. And like, and everyone's like, oh, just you know, this idea will just be nice. No, as I need to raise a woman who can stand on her own and go, no, actually that's not okay. Right. I'm not just going to accept the scraps that you're dishing out. Right. Yeah. And I think two things for me this year that have come become very clear is one, I did not understand the mental health issue of constant daily yeah. aggression, Oh yeah, <laughs> microaggressions, Face, face, I mean, I did not understand that. Yeah. And then the second thing is I'm a peacemaker. So I think in, the, I know in the past, I've tried to see both sides and yeah. so there are no, there, there are no sides. You cannot do that anymore. If yeah. you're, mm-hmm. if we're going to protect the black and brown people, the m- marginalized people in our lives, we cannot, mm-hmm. we can't do that anymore. It's, it's, it's not, it hasn't been acceptable and it's certainly not acceptable yeah. now. No. I mean, but also, I think as women, especially, we're we're taught we're always all taught the wrong message. Oh, just be nice, just yeah, quiet, just don't make a wave. Mm-hmm. But that assimilationist attitude mm-hmm. only keeps us going in the way that we're going. But like, and especially our daughters, mm-hmm. like yeah. our, our daughters and our and our granddaughters, like what are we teaching them if we're teaching right. them that like you know like we had a whole reckoning with me too. It's like because we've all been taught like don't make a wave, and it's like no, mm-hmm. but. That's, it's my body, my space. And especially like as a black woman, do you know the number of times, even now people are like, oh my God, I love your hair while they're reaching out to me to touch it, to touch it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, like I, I'm from Ghana. I know exactly my roots, where I come from. I can take you to my grandparents' village. I can do that whole thing. Mm -hmm. But for someone who's black American Mm -hmm. and has 400 years of oppression and this implicit ownership, Mm The mm-hmm. idea that you thought it was okay for you to touch their body without permission. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, I'm flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are like, oh, and then people try and be like, oh, but I touch, I touch everyone's hair. No, no, no. You <laughs> probably, probably not. No, probably we've, been, not. we've all been in this room and no, but you're, I'm the only one who's, yes, I'm the only one. And the thing yeah. is, if I did it, 
mm-hmm. then I'm being aggressive. Because mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. if, I mean, imagine if black people run around trying to like having implicit ownership over white people's hair. Imagine. Right. right. Oh God, there'd be right. bodies in the streets. So, right. so it's just one of the, it's these, these things that like people say and do, I will never forget. I will tell this story because, and I'll probably, I'll probably talk about it on talk to me Thursday, but I will never forget there was, you know, a, a retreat, an author retreat. Um, and I was so excited to meet this one author. So I was a fan. I thought she was great and funny and I loved her social media and it was just great. And I had been talking about, you know, difficulties in publishing for authors of color mm-hmm. and in, like my particular difficulties. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, you know what? I think you would just, you would earn more money if you just made all your characters white. Oh she said gosh. that. To my face, like <sighs> to my, with her whole chest. Yeah. Her whole, she said it. To my, that. I love that phrase with her whole chest. Yeah. I love with that. her whole chest, chest out and proud. And I was like, and I have never forgotten it because whenever I have to sit there and make a decision about the heroine in my book, if she's going to be brown or if she's going to be non melanated, um, because those are things that only authors of color have to think about. And, and really like contend with um as I like I sit there I remember her words and they just they they sit with me to this day and this was years ago Mm -hmm. and they sit with me as I'm like that is who I'm fighting against on a daily basis yeah Yeah. on a daily basis people who refuse to read words books with brown people in them people and people still continue to say this like there are like people say this all the time out loud and think it's okay that they won't read books of heroines of color. Yeah. 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 They say it all the time. It's amazing. It is amazing. So those are the things that we talk about on talk to me Thursday. And those are the things like I really try to address and like, because the thing is most people aren't bad people. No. Like most people aren't, I mean, there are some real bad people out there, but most people Mm -hmm. I think are, trying to be better humans, but like mm-hmm. until, and you know, and like I said, Sarah Simone is a good friend of mine, but it, it's really funny. She, she talks about until once you see, you cannot unsee. Yeah. But if you cover your eyeballs, put an eye mask on and like wear a hat down low and are like, everything is fine. You're never going to see. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I did a, um, and it's true. I mean, on one hand, proximity changes things, yes. but then on oh, the yeah. other hand, proximity doesn't change things because just because I have a black friends doesn't mean yeah. I'm particularly non-racist, you know, yeah. and because it's such an onion and, yeah. you know, you just, mm-hmm. every, every time there's an issue or every day, really, mm-hmm. I see places in my heart because growing up in a small town in Texas, I still remember restaurants where black people sat in the another room in the back. Yeah. Like I remember those things. Yeah. So it's just, it is ingrained. It's, it is um, just something that we've all as a society has grown, yeah. grown up it's with. It's the fabric yeah. of everyday life. Right. And for like, and for being black in this country, I mean, my parents moved back to Ghana when I was in college. I think my father had always had a difficulty here. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, he, <laughs> he had a great job and great opportunities and, you know, does well and travels and all that stuff. But like, he always had like my father, like a lecturer and, you know, like he's done work for the UN. And it's like, he's been arrested before mm-hmm. driving yeah. while black on his way to give a talk at Brandeis university. I'll never forget it. Yeah. And so I'm like, 
And so they left, they went back to Ghana and they're living a great life. And they're like, Oh, just like, you can just breathe. Yes. And they breathe. can take a deep breath. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, and every day, like there, you know, the pandemic has been interesting because obviously it's been horrid for all of us. Um, you know, but like, there's a certain breath of like, when my husband comes home, like he's fine. Like when he comes, like, is he's classified essential? Cause he works for the government sometimes. Um, but when he walks in the house, I can breathe because he's home and he's safe. Mm-hmm. But then also it's like, oh, if, if it's a weekend and we don't have to encounter anyone with a microaggression, mm-hmm. I don't have to encounter anyone who's going to say something. I mean, as long as I don't go on the internet, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah. I, we can like, you, you can live a non-microaggression life. Yeah. Um, and, but now that we're opening up outside again, it's like, oh, part of the daily life again. Oh, the anxiety is ratcheting up. Yeah. 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 So you also do book, like a book, a book club on your um, Thursday talk. So tell us about that and how you, so um, the Brown nipple challenge. um, I started it uh, last year. It was sort of my response, obviously to the uprisings of last summer. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do something that was, you know, sustainable for, for me. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, you know, every time like I would encounter someone racist or saying something, I would just take my happy behind to um, donate to the ACLU and just be like NAACP, mm-hmm. you know, and grit my teeth. Um, but I was like, no, I want to do more. I mean, and, you know, I have, a, I have a young daughter and yes, the protests that were happening in San Diego were peaceful for the most part, but that like, I was like, there's an element of safety there. And so I wanted to really do something, but that more than just protesting, like the actual made actual actionable change. Mm-hmm. And because of that one author who said that thing to me, I was like, there are people out there who really are like, no, I'm, I won't read books. People, so they say it with their whole chest. Yeah. I know. I don't like reading books with like people with heroines of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have been like, I, I like to center, put myself, I center myself in the story. Mm-hmm. And then they turn around and like, oh my God, I loved that shifter book. And I'm like, wait, so are you a werewolf? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are it's you? just, just yeah. a mental. I'm like, you can read yeah. shifter books. You can read alien books. Are you a serial killer? You can read books about serial killers, but God forbid you made a that, that woman have a, a couple of drops of melanin and you are like, I can't possibly identify. Mm-hmm. And so, but there were people who like, obviously wanted to look like they were, you know, extra woke, you know, everyone's posting in black squares and doing all the stuff, but like, it was very performative. And I was like, no, I'm going to challenge you. If you have people in your life that look like me and you want to make actual change, let's actually change the lives of authors of color. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you just being like, oh my God, it's on my Goodreads shelf is mm-hmm. BS. Um, what you need to do instead of just putting it on your diversity shelf and being like, look, aren't I woke? We need to buy these books, right. actually purchase them. You know, if you can buy a, a Starbucks, you can get a book. Um, mm-hmm. We need to purchase these books. And then yeah. the next step is to actually read them, consume them and discuss them. Because that's the number one way that you build these like kind of rabid fan bases mm-hmm. um, and to really have these conversations. And, and I was like, for people who've never read book, like usually when people in the romance industry are like, Oh yeah, I've heard of Alyssa Cole, Kennedy Ryan, you know, mm-hmm. Dylan Allen. They list like Brittany Cherry, they list like four or five black authors. Yes, yes, I love them. And I'm like, okay, but we have like hundreds <laughs> that are out here doing amazing great things, but they won't try anything else because they're like, no, 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 I've heard of these people. Yeah. And because I'm like they, because they know they're safe. Yes, safe. they're safe. Yeah. 
<laughs> Although you want to read a Kenny Ryan book and you're going to get some. No, you're not going to be safe. Believe me, I had to. Come, I was walking, listening to Longshot, and I had to come home and lay down. Like yeah. I was just like that. My uh, my world was, like, was wrecked. I yeah. No, Kennedy. Right Kennedy's going to going to wreck you. <laughs> it was great, but it was yeah. No, it was, yeah, and she's yeah. amazing and a beautiful lyrical writer. Mm-hmm. But there are other amazing, beautiful lyrical mm-hmm. writers that exactly. people are like, oh, but I, I mean, I just. I tell my good. I tell my TBR. No, we're gonna read yeah. these books. Good. And so, um, and so I just I started, it and then I was like, and then we're also gonna do the thing where we're gonna talk to the author because one of the great, one of the things, the few marketing things I have noted is like when you hear someone talk and you actually see them and you engage with mm-hmm. them and you you feel like you know them. Yeah. Then you're like, oh, but they're just like me. And so you're more mm-hmm. likely to be like, oh, this person is also safe, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're yeah. more likely to see them as a person. Mm-hmm. And they're so a real person as a real like person, a name on a shelf or something. Exactly. Yeah. And then you're more likely to engage with their work. And right. so, and plus no one wants to turn up a book club, not having read the book. Right. Um, it's and, God, it's awful. <laughs> that feeling in your pit, through your stomach. No. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so I started, the, started the brown apple challenge and, you know, in the early days, I think a lot of authors were like, yes, yes. But I was like, this is how it's, to do it. And I think that again, there was some performative, like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to help. But people were like, oh, it's just, cause they, I was like, you got to talk about the books and talk mm-hmm. to the author. That is the key. You can't mm-hmm. just be like, go buy this book. Cause that's not the challenge. Mm-hmm. The challenge no. is to pick up the book read the book mm-hmm. and, and engage with your audience yeah. about the book. That is the step. Because yeah. if you don't do that, then people can like, it, cause it's like, oh, people are like, oh, I don't have to do the work. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. I can just yeah. put it on my TBR and be like, look yeah. at me, how great I am. And I'm yeah. trying with the challenge, we're trying to stop that performative action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it, been, yeah. it's been great. I, the authors that I've picked some, you know, some are trad, some are not trad. Um, it's been really interesting, like new authors to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, and I'm just like, you know, sometimes I'll have a friend who's like, you got to read this book. And then I'm like, okay, what's this? What, what am I going into? Um, and so this, this month's author is Pint of Dunn. So it's a YA mm-hmm. and she is Asian. And I, cause I really wanted to support the API community. And so I was like, yeah, we haven't had a, like, we haven't had an Asian author. And then I was like, and so I'm looking for a South Asian author for next time. So like, I'm all the brown nipples. Cause listen, everyone has nipples. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> um, just the color is going to be Change. different. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I mean, and it was really a response to like, I mean, I've loved romance for so long, but mm-hmm. in the early days, especially like everyone's blonde, brunette, redheaded. And it just, it sent the message home that, girls who looked like me were not beautiful were not deserving of love. Um, And it's a subtle message, but that message sticks, you know, because even as a grown adult, I still have to like shake off that feeling sometimes. Right. 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 Well, we wanted to talk to you about covers too, (laughs) because that is something that's very, um, it's very obvious if you just yeah. go to the library, or the bookstore and start looking at covers, there are not a lot of covers with black, brown people, you know, different, yeah. different ethnicities. So yeah. how have you handled that? And um, <laughs> I mean, this is a great story. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, how I handle it is that I fix the problem. <laughs> no, um, yeah, no, that's a hundred percent correct. I mean, when you, okay. So for anyone listening who isn't, you know, 
in the, the romance or, you know, writer world, looking through stock photos, trying to find people that look like your characters, A, is the seventh mm-hmm. circle of hell. <laughs> worst thing in the absolute the, world. The worst. Yeah. The worst. Um, and then trying to find people who haven't been overused um, yeah. on every single cover um, or in every marketing piece. Um, and then trying to find, I mean, it's <laughs> awful already. Yeah. But then you add that most, like I've written 97 books and over half of them feature women of color. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Trying to find women of color in uh, stock photos. What? What yeah. and and even if you are like, hey, I can be fancy and pay for a premium photo. Mm-hmm. Most photographers don't even have women of color available in their in their in their stock like on pile. call or whatever. Oh wow, yeah, or yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, in romance, like there's a certain set of photographers everyone everyone kind of like goes around to using. Yeah. It's you are, or like, if you're trying to find something that hasn't really been used yet, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to be searching a long time. Yeah. And that's yeah. the difficulty that I've, I've had. And so for years, I used to put women of color on the covers. And this is a publishing thing. Publishing for decades be like, black people don't sell books. And mm-hmm. so they didn't want to put black people inside the books. They didn't want to put black people on the covers of books. They don't want to pay black people money to write the books. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a publishing thing that has happened for years. And so when I started and I was like, well, you know, my mission statement was to feature as many women of color as I could, because I was speaking to 13 year old me. Um, And so I have, I've written that half and half line more veering towards brown nipples than anything, but uh, for most of my career and in the early days, I used to do it all the time, but I recognized that the moment I stopped doing that, Mm-hmm. Um, and put, you know, pretty white boys on covers or objects on covers, those books sold better, mm-hmm. which was horrifyingly just awful. But mm-hmm. um, after last summer, and I, you know, give credit where it's due, my publicist, Nina Grinstead, said to me, she was like, we need to put Brown Girl back on these covers. And I was like, ah, what are you saying? Um, and I was like, great. I was like, no, no, this is, yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. It's just nerve wracking Mm -hmm. because mostly I was like, have you been through stock photos lately? Mm -hmm. No. Mm." And she's like, no, no, we can hire a model as we're looking at photographers that people use. And we're Mm -hmm. like, Oh no, no, nothing, nothing. Oh, okay. Um, or, you know, it's, it's a $10,000 photo. And I'm like, well, she's gorgeous. That's Mm -hmm. that. that, And so, and, um, (laughs) And I've modeled before for a good photographer friend of mine, Wander Aguiar, for other people's covers. And so I was like, I can't find a model. I I can't, I don't know what to do. And uh, and she and Nina was like, well, you just have to be on the cover. Mm. And she just said it matter of factly. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my own cover? Oh no. <laughs> and um, and you know, in the end of the day, it turned out to be the best thing that I've ever done. It was terrifying mm-hmm. because it's not just about the book then it's yeah, about yeah. your face on the cover. Yes. And I was terrified of commentary, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the mm-hmm. interwebs are not a kind place, mm-hmm. especially for Brown women. Yeah. And so I was very scared, but I did it. And, you know, Nina was right. She's going to hear this later and be like, I know. Yeah, I told you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Nina was right. And it, it, it turned out great. Like those books are like probably my best sellers right now. Um, and, uh, and then I just did, um, I'm releasing a Kobo original with, uh, and Kobo books, uh, in May. And when they 
asked me to write for them, they were like, we want to put a woman of color on the cover. And they were like, well, you've already done your own covers. Can you do it again? So I did. Um, Because they were like, we've looked through stock photos. And I'm like, I'm sure you have. What did you find? They're like, nothing. I'm like, I can tell by the dark circles under your eyes that you've been looking looking through stock. You're like, oh, God, there's nothing. I'm like, I know. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. I love it. Real quick before we go to the last question, I want to go back to the brown nipple thing because you're doing something with Andy Arndt for audio, but can you tell us about that? And it's, are you taking donations for that? I mean, is there, we are, I want to know, I want to know about that too. So our listeners can um, donate if they want to and get involved. Um, Okay. So when I started the Brown Apple Challenge, um, Lyric Audiobooks was like just so great. Like they immediately reached out and were like, this is amazing. How do we support you? We've been trying to support narrators of color too. Um, and I, you know, like at the time I was like, I don't know, uh, share. Like, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> yeah. great. I think, especially in the early days, I didn't know it would become a thing, right? Yeah. Like I was just in the corner trying to do something good for some, a few authors. I didn't think it would become like this thing. Um and, you know, at, and at first, like, they were like, okay, great. Yeah, we'll totally share it. We'll, imp- we'll amplify, push it. And then Andy came back and she was like, no, no, what more can I do? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. And so we had some conversations and she was like, listen, what if we were able to help some of these authors? Cause she's like, my, the number one thing Andy thinks about is, is there an audiobook for this? Mm. And so many times um, you, 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 if any author who's ever tried to do their own audiobook knows how expensive it is, it's, yeah. it, the cost is, whew, and you will earn it back hundred percent. You will earn that money back, but it will take you some time. Um, deep, some people yeah. get lucky and can earn it back right away, but this it's an investment in a long-term career and it's not cheap. And Andy was like, you know, what if we could get um, funding for, to help some people, get audiobooks made. And I was like, that would be amazing. And she's like, hold on. I have a call with some people who might be able to help. <laughs> Look, 10 minutes later, Andy had, <laughs> we had a $30,000 grant. Um, and I was like, how did you, what, what, what happened just now? <laughs> um, and so we have an angel investor who's been amazing and they gave us money and we were able, like, we were like, well, okay, we'll start with six books. Um, and then a funny thing happened when we announced it and we, we worked with Andy and her team. They're really running most of the back end behind it on how to get people to submit and what our whole process is and the judging. But an amazing thing happened when we announced the author community, like came out strong and we're literally trying to throw money at the screens. They were like, where do we give money? And I was like, what do you mean? We have a grant. <laughs> it was very confusing for us. But then I started getting the emails. People were like, I want to give you money. And I was like, so you can buy some books. I don't. <laughs> and they were like, yeah. no, for audio and color. And I was like, we have money. Okay. Okay. Hold my beer. <laughs> and so I called Andy and Andy's like, I shall make a basket. And so we have a GoFundMe. Um, I don't know how, like, I don't, mm, how we give the link, but oh yes. If you follow me on Instagram, on my profile, the link is in there um, and you can donate. Uh, And right now we are like, we're like just shy of $8,000 that have been donated by the the romance writer community and other, other communities of fiction writers and Mm. and audio narrators. And I remember going in and I saw some, some narrators in there too. And I was like, guys, this is amazing. So it's been the outpouring support has been 
incredible. And that's I'm fantastic. so honored yeah. to have yeah. partnered with Yeah, you. that's fantastic. We'll put the link, we'll get the link from you and put it in our yes. show notes so people yeah. can uh, excellent perfect. Look at it. I was like, how and do we do this? Just for <laughs> anybody who doesn't know, Andy Arndt is arguably one of the top narrators oh, yes. in romance. He wins well, out romance, like but, yeah. But no. she is she's yeah, she's the cream of the crop and so she's amazing. Just, yeah. And yeah. I've I've known her for gosh years now mm-hmm. and she's always been so incredibly supportive yeah and like and and not just supportive like in this kind of like performative way but like in really putting her money where her mouth is and mm-hmm. she's like how do I how do we really do this right to impact right. lives and yeah. so it's been I'm just I'm so honored to partner with her and I it's going to be great and I'm so excited I can't wait to see who the, yep. the authors selected are I'm like I'm ready and so those authors will then be featured in the Roundable Challenge as well that's great yeah that's, fantastic. that's so good because it's the reading challenge is something that's very, it's practical. You know, it's yeah. like, this will, it will change things. It will change it will. what people think. It you know, will. And it and also makes just like actionable change for an author. Because mm-hmm. even if an author is trad mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. of a sudden their, their publisher is like, you've had you several hundred downloads. Yeah. <laughs> what is, what is happening? And like, yeah. it just gives them, it gives them clout. Because then they maybe get another contract, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's really about putting money into the pockets of brown authors, who, because we've been denied access because without the early, because, you know, without the early access, you, the, you can't run Facebook ads, you can't run Amazon ads, mm-hmm. you can't like, right. you need money to do right. all of those things. Um, right. And so to like actually put money in the pockets of brown women, like that's, 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 awesome. what, that's what we're yeah. out to do. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, as we wrap up, last question. Yes. Um, what's the best thing you think you've done to set yourself up for success? Ooh, so many things. Um, <laughs> but I honestly think understanding who I am as a writer, mm-hmm. um, understanding like really like, I mean, brass tacks, like really understanding who I am, what I want to write, what brings me joy, what is actually important to me. Mm-hmm. Um because then it stops me from going down these like side rabbit holes being like, I'm going to write a stepbrother romance um, <laughs> so that I can really engage with like, I know what, like if you tell me a hero's from London and he's wearing a pea coat, I'm like, yes, over sign me up. I'm, I'm here for it. So like, that, you know, if you're telling me that then there's like espionage and there's spying and there's like a hidden prince, sign me up. I'm here, you know, but if you're like, and then it's a small town romance. I don't write small town romance. I enjoy reading them sometimes, but like that doesn't get me going. I'm like, does someone die in the small town? Yeah. (laughs) Do we need the FBI? I just, I need to. Yeah. And so that like, so like really understanding who I am as a writer and what I really actually enjoy writing makes the process so much easier, but also when you're engaged and you're excited, like you can really go stratosphere mm-hmm. with it because everything you do is like always exciting and always fun. And it's not yeah. hard to get up in the morning to like hit your word count. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. That's great. Well, we have loved having you here. It's just been Thank so you great. so much. Um, can you tell people where they can find you? Yes, online? you can yeah. find me primarily on Instagram at Not I'm Alone Writer. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, uh, Not I'm Alone. Um, and then let's see, I occasionally tweet. I don't really, but that's at Not I'm Alone. And um, yeah, I'm I'm on TikTok, but I gotta learn it and figure it yeah. out. 
because I'm not 15. Um, but that's also <laughs> at Nana Malone Writer. And then you can join my uh, newsletter, at my website, nanamalone.com. And that's that's where you can find me. Yeah, that's awesome. On the interwebs. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks great. for we'll being have... here. Yeah. Of course, yeah, thank you been... so much for having me. This was really fun. Yeah, we've had a great time. So we'll have all the links in the show notes. And um, thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.